Welcome, everybody, to the Mindful You podcast. My name is Alan Carroll, and I'd like to introduce today our next guest, Amalia from Australia. She's a doctor in naturopathic medicine. I would say an earth spirit, someone who is very grounded, very centered, very balanced, and has been in the inquiry of transformation of consciousness and very connected to the to the earth matter of fact the book that she wrote spirit of the stones i'm reading it very much connected to the power of mother earth in transforming that consciousness into a more mindful state of awareness so please welcome amalia to the Mindful You podcast. Good afternoon to Sedona and good afternoon to Amalia in Sedona. Welcome, Amalia, to the Mindful You podcast. Thank you, Alan. It's an honor to be here. Thanks. I recall a little over a week ago, I was sitting on the rocks of beautiful Sedona with my daughter, and you were guiding us on a shamanic kind of a journey, I would say, eyes closed, surrounded by the the energy of Sedona. And so I said, boy, wouldn't it be nice if we could get Amalia to visit us on our on our podcast to share some of her 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 wisdom, her wisdom that you've gleaned from years of experiences in your in your travels from Australia all the way to to Sedona. And I am reading your book. And the book title is Spirit of the Stones. And in the back, they have a little description of of the author and so i i love the way you you described yourself as a ceremonialist and earth spirit wisdom guide who inspires us to reconnect with the earth as a sacred temple of living spirit and in the and in the mindfulness business, boy, that's really, really sweet stuff. Mm. Uh, very, very, very sweet. Thanks for bringing that to light to the people. Thank you. And so I, when I look at mindfulness, right up there with mindfulness comes being grounded and being an observer of the experience rather than the experience. So when I was reading your book, it, it seemed like there was an unfolding of that reconnecting to a energy and we'll call it earth mother mother's energy nature there's something about that when you shift your attention to that world and you leave another world it transforms your your consciousness and so i believe that that your journey has transformed your consciousness and so i thought it'd be really 
great to have you share some of your experiences that transformed your consciousness as you journeyed from Melbourne, Australia, all the way to Sedona, Arizona. Absolutely. What do you want to know? Well, I I I like the 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 aborigine life of the bush and uh, that definitely gets out of that concrete environment you went to an environment in which no concrete very earthy very nature very grounded very hands in the in the dirt kind of experience and and you describe transformation so i I'd, I'd like to hear about a little bit of the bush experiences Yes, I had spent some time with some Aborigines in Australia. In particular, as you know, you met Uncle Cassie in my book. And he would take me out camping and show me the, the dinosaur footprints in the earth that were, you know, two or th maybe three foot long, one, one foot, one print in the rock. And we wouldn't talk much. It was very much more space and time was filled with the presence. And that's what I experienced with the Aborigines in Australia that at the time when I was spending time with them when I was 18 years of age and watching the crescent moon sink into the ocean, there was no talking. There was a unified field of us both experiencing this beauty that the universe offers. And uh, that's what I remember. I remember the space and the elongated time, which meant it wasn't filled with fragments of thoughts and different words and actions. There was an elongation of space and time that really they call the dream time. And the, I remember also years after that, that is also in the book that you'll come across as well when you reach to that point is where I went back to Ayers Rock. I went back to Ayers Rock as it's known to the general public, but to the Aboriginals, it's called Katajuta. And that's the big plug of earth. That's that big um, monolithic red yeah. Ayers Rock. Yep. And I was there and, and then 50 miles or so away, there's something there's somewhere else that's really very powerful as well called the Olgas. And I remember going there and everything was so stark and, and almost like, I don't know if you know the, the painting of Degas in the Renaissance era, very sort of two dimensional almost like the shades and black and white and everything was so stark and hot and almost unbearable in the middle of the desert. And then the crow would come and just caw and, and look at you with beady eyes. Everything was extremely enhanced. And you don't need to take any drugs or LSD or mushrooms or anything. That's all there. And the heat of the, the rocks, the heat coming off the rocks as I was walking, the path wasn't smooth. The crow caulking and Every, the big rocks that had little rocks that looked like faces looking at you. Everything was so severe and intense. I stopped for a moment and went, oh, my gosh, oh, my God, this is the dream time. You have to be present. You just have to be present here to survive. And in the presence, 
There's no thought. There's no worry or concern. You're just there. You're just there. And that's the, that's the dream time. That's the, that's the bush experience. That's mm. like when, when you're working with bees, the bees give you that. They elongate time because you have to be present. They demand presence, the bees. I, I love working with bees, by the way. Bees are one of my highest totems. Now, a lot of people have whales and dolphins and eagles. and Mine's a little tiny bee <laughs> as a spirit medicine because of the power that they, that little tiny insect creates a world of proliferation, of, of abundance, of beauty. Because I remember in, in the book, uh, you bring up the bees were at one point in time, you're in Mexico and the bees actually stung you. Uh, they're a wasp, I think you said. And then another time the bees were blocking the cave entrance. And, uh, yes. and so bees are definitely part of your journey. Yes, yes, definitely. And, and that's why it became my bee medicine. After all of those experiences that I had, I would you know, as you know, my book is about really listening to the beings of the stones, the spirit of the stones. The spirit of the stones is the energy of Mother Earth. It's Mother Earth's voice that comes through these beings, which are stones and trees and water and the elements. And But my calling was to go and speak, listen to the stones speak. And so when I would be in Mexico or wherever I was, whether it was in Mexico or New Mexico or Sedona, I would ask the stone beings, where do you want me? And I'd raise and put my arm out and like a sort of, sort of swoon it over, swoosh it over and go, where do you want me? Like a, like a divination in a way. And then it would be like, boom. And I wouldn't even know I was there. I would just go there because that's what I would feel. The, the my intuition or my instinct or or the spirit of the stones had called me so I would go there and no sooner would I go there I would just sit there for example in Mexico I would go to a particular ruins and go where do you want me to sit in the ruins so I can listen to the to the beings of the stones speak and so I can write it in my book and return it to the people and no sooner would I be sitting there and I'd look up and there'd be a beehive right above my head or or uh, that would happen a few times. Or if I would go to a remote little temple out of the way that no one else would go to because it was so hard to get there. Most of the temples in Mexico, the, the most sacred temples are the hardest ones to get to. To me, it was like, you have to earn your way to get to that temple. You just can't get there, you know? So, you know, out of the way and I would go to the forgotten temple in Mexico or the temple of the old woman. And all of a sudden there'd be a beehive in the wall. You know, this has happened many times to me. So, and this is part of the Melissa tribe, the priestesses of Greece, which is where my heritage comes from. So the Melissa tribe and the, um, the Oracle, the Oracle of Delphi, they all work with the bees energy. So anyway, just to answer your question, yes, I have had a very strong relationship with that energy, and um, it's quite remarkable. It's very, I love it. I I love the uh, going back to the Don Juan, Carlos Castaneda journey. It's like one step into this world, one step into this world, and you've used the word dream world a lot, mm -hmm. and 
in dreaming, there is a time that you wake up in the dream. And it appeared from your book, you had many times that you woke up from the dream and then woke up from the dream you thought you already woke up from. Um, and I think that was in the Big Island when you yes. did the experience with those with the folks in the Big Island. Um, yes. uh, and it was like, you, it was funny, you describe yourself as in, in the tent and then uh, someone comes into the tent and you tell them no, you're going to go out of the tent and, and you think that's it, that you woke up from the dream and then you said, no, no, no. I don't. What? I woke up again. And to me, that's that's pretty uh, uh, mind blowing to to wake up in your dream in the first place. Yes, the, yes. the lucid dreams. And yes. you seem to be very much in and out of that dream state. Is that is that true? Yes. Yes. I, I, I had that from the beginning as a child. I've always had that. Now, whether you call it a third eye veil, that's very thin or a very developed third eye energy, which is where you the, the envisionment and the uh, the seeing from the non-physical eyes, the non-physical eye, that's been always developed. I went to a psychic once many years ago and he said, you have a, you have a double third eye. He said, that's very unusual. And I, and I said, what do you mean by that? He goes, you've got a double third eye. You know, that's not, that's not <laughs> unusual. <laughs> so I, I, even as a child, I would see visions. I would call for my mother in the next room and call for her to go to the toilet because our toilet was outside at that time in Australia, at, towards the back of the house anyway. And I would call for her and I would see while I heard her getting ready saying, yes, I'm coming. I also saw a vision of her standing there at the doorway with the pajamas I never saw, which were cream colored with red and green pinstripes. And, I was wondering what she wearing those pajamas for and why can I hear her over there and she's standing here. And then when she came, she was wearing those pajamas and I'd never seen them before. And I said, I was old enough to say, where did you get the pajamas from? She goes, I just got them this afternoon for, for daddy. So, so these sort of things, or, or, or when I went back to Australia six years ago, a couple of times ago, six years ago, one of my girlfriends, said, oh, Amalia, remember that time I came and stayed at your house? And you were looking at the door saying, look at the emerald green light. Now, you know, you're already reading my book, that the emerald green light is a, also another one of those threads that come through my life. Yes. And I had forgotten that. She'd, we'd seen that as a child, but she reminded me and said, remember that time we looked at the door and you said, oh, my God, there's emerald green light shining through the door? And she said, Amalia, I freaked out. I thought well, something's wrong with you or you're going crazy. And then when I really relaxed and just thought I'd forget about it, I saw the emerald green light. And she reminded me that this emerald energy that I have been experiencing later in my life when now writing in the book now, that I mean, in that book, Spirit of the Stones, that I had had that as a child that visitation of that emerald green color had come to me as a child and dreams you know are to me very shamanic and i'll tell you why we are all shamanic we all have that shamanic energy within us we dream every night that's a shamanic experience what mm -hmm. i is sh shamanic or what the shaman does is he she goes into the unseen world now whether that's in the spirit world or whether that's in the underworld of the earth or whether that's in the unconscious realm 
the unseen world the shaman is able to go in there shine some light in there or go there retrieve information retrieve the wisdom and return it back to conscious day day of light return it back to the person who needs help or return it back to your own state of consciousness for example when people come to see me I take them out on the stones or if I see them in a in a emotional core clearing I use those shamanic techniques it's not even a technique to me it's more a matter of being able to tune in to their world to where they are or where their unconscious realm is I can go in there and retrieve what's been hidden and bring it back to the conscious light of day bring it back to consciousness does that make sense to you and once it comes back to consciousness you can begin to manage something that was causing an issue but you didn't you were unconscious of it and so by bringing it up to consciousness you now are able to see and then hopefully release hopefully uh, acknowledge and accept which i thought was so valuable when you were training us on the mountain a few, few weeks ago was the is was one of the exercises that you did was you took the two opposites which are the yin and the yang which are the dualities that are always there causing a conflict with people in the mind in the mind yes and and you and you took the let's say the the strong part of you and then the weak part of you like our two subpersonalities and you had them come together and you were you acknowledge that both of them exist Yes. Rather than to deny the existence of the weak because you were identifying with the, with the with with the strong, and that's what I think you're talking about. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, to shine light into the darkness—that's very shamanic. The sun shining its light into the caves of the of the earth, very shamanic. <laughs> I loved all the caves. You 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 find caves all over the place. Yes. And your caves are magical caves. They're not just caves. They're magical caves yes. Yes. with magical yes. things happening in magical caves and magical places. Mm-hmm. And so most people don't get to experience that much magic in their life. Well, also not most people are afraid to go into the caves because that's where it's dark and, and unseen. And so, you know, magic is, magic abounds everywhere. And when you look at, diamonds that are formed in the coal of the earth you have to dig down deep into the black and get all you know sooty and dirty and whatever it is but that's where the diamonds are formed or you have to go into the caves and into not necessarily always caves for gold but generally you have to go digging deep deep for the for the riches and i see the same in our own psyche and consciousness that when we can go down into the deepest part of ourselves where we've hidden that that's where the treasure lies that's where a lot of the treasure lies in the deepest darkest corners of our minds that we have run from created labyrinths around and when a shaman or 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 when i go in with my clients i i can lead them back through the labyrinth of the mind back into that place where that little hidden child is hiding the the traumatic part that's experienced a shock or a trauma or a rejection or something that was really severe to them that gets frozen in time the breath 
you know, we know when we experience something really scary or shocking, we tend to inhale and hold our breath. And that gets stored in the muscle memory that gets stored in our body. That's always there. So it's important for us to go back in there and exhale it, not not to lock it in with an inhale, but to unlock it by exhaling and release it back into the light of day, back into the, your conscious awareness. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Very much of the... Uh, looking at the the management of the thoughts that you think and being able to observe the thoughts that you think being able to create being having the realization that there is a space beyond the thoughts that you think that appears to happen when you meditate and you, when you ground yourself and meditate, you slow things down. You slow. You talk about going to the deep, dark recesses of your unconscious. To me, that's just slowing the whole thing, mm-hmm. erasing, okay. erasing all the thoughts. Yes. A, a, a thoughtless space of nothingness. Yes, and that's when you say beyond. That space is beyond. I would like to say it's behind. I'll quantify that, that silence and presence is always there. That's just the nature of existence. However, the things we pile on top of that, the thoughts we add on, the add-on thoughts and the worries and the thoughts and the frustrations and the not good enoughs and all of this that we put on, underneath all that is always the silence. So we don't have to reach anywhere beyond ourselves for that. We, as you just mentioned, to just bring it all back down into base, into the base tone of of presence. It's like a car that idles, that's revving up. It's always revving up and it's always ready to go. And we can travel places. Yes, it's nothing wrong with expressing ourselves. Of course, this is the nature of our opportunity to live and expand and grow but to also know that we can come back home. We can gear shift back down from four, five gears down into idle and just reset and take a look around and where are we before we go again, rushing off again. Absolutely. How many times during the day do you stop? How many times of the day do you disembark from the train of thoughts that you're thinking about whatever you're thinking? And the answer is no. People don't disembark from their thoughts at all. They don't even know it's possible to disembark from their thoughts and and, and erase the thoughts and just be in that place of stillness. That's right. And and, and fortunately, we sleep at night. But then the the mind goes, then the person's awareness goes unconscious. So it's not really what you're talking about. You know, we do stop, luckily, but not in our consciousness so much because that's where that's where I feel going into nature can allow us to to slow down enough yep. to to reset into that place that you're talking about that you're talking about and and that what we, we you and I are talking about here, where we can the 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 the, the vibration, the frequency, the the emanation 
of Mother Earth and Mother Nature and, and the trees and the leaves and everything out there in nature. It's not rushing to go anywhere. There's no thoughts and add-on thoughts. It just is a state of pure presence as, as one of the most purest expressions of God. Unadulterated, I can't even say adulterated, the most purest expression of God is in nature. And so fortunately we, we have enough of that left on the planet and enough places, hopefully enough left that's un, untainted or, or manipulated in certain ways for the benefit of the few. But to, to just go out and sit or stand in nature just for a moment and feel your feet on the ground feel this huge PowerPoint battery underneath our feet. And that's, that has harnessed so much energy that continually, uh, immortally, ever, ever, ever presently uh, gives us nourishment and provides for us and gives all the time. And this is like a replenishment of our batteries. We can go out, put our feet on the ground and really drop our thoughts, our awareness, our thoughts, with the breath through the exhaling. And let, let that, you know, there's a process that I give in that. And that's what I would like to offer as one of the gifts to your, to the listeners there is the, the course that I created to help you sink down into the lower terrain, into the where the magic is, as we said before, like those caves where the treasure is, where the things have been hidden. And in the mythology, in the movies you, you see, where the dragons or uh, dragons protect the treasure, you have to go through, past the dragons, you know, and that's pretty much like our ego. We have to pass through the gates of our ego in order to get down. We have to humble ourselves by going down, not racing up and out and more and more and more, but less and less and, and, and go down into that cave of our own self. And that's where the dragons are. That's what we don't, we don't want to feel that. We don't want to feel those things that we've hidden down there. But once we do, and we get past those inner resistances, with the, you know, the mythos would call dragons, the entrance of the cave. Once we go down there, that's where the treasures lie. That's where the Kundalini lies, down there in the root chakra, at the base of our being. Between the anal sphincter and the genitals is the perineum, is the root chakra. That's a very, 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 very powerful center, very shamanic center in our own body. And so when people meditate, putting their attention on the root chakra, would be a great way to become embodied rather than disembodied with the thoughts. Absolutely. And the root chakra that goes down and puts the roots down into the earth. Yes. That's, that's the way I, that's the way I teach. That's the course I'm going to uh, offer to your listeners and what I've made to help people understand that a lot of people believe that we've got to go up and out. A lot of people deem spirituality from their heart center up. That's spirituality. Down below, that's just physical. Yeah? But, but when you look at the lotus, the lotus flower is regarded in the Eastern traditions as the most purest symbol of consciousness. 
and but look at the look at that um, template that they use through the low through the cesspool goes sorry let me say that again through the cesspool grows the lotus through the darkest shittiest murkiest slurpiest of mud grows this purest purest lotus that symbolizes the crown chakra symbolizes the thousand petaled lotus that opens up to consciousness so you can't have one without the other you can't just have a lotus opening without the roots and the ground and the mud you can't have a grounded way of living without the the consciousness to know what the ground is and you can't have an open consciousness to to god and all that is or to spirit creator all that is if you haven't also owned that animal part of you Let's just take a, a journey down the animal part of us through the A Course in Miracles pathway, mm -hmm. uh, because I'm a big fan of Course in Miracles. And when we did our work, I noticed that you had a couple of books on your desk, and one of the books was Course in Miracles. And so I know that you are doing the Course in Miracles for the second time, which is very exciting. And in Course in Miracles, they talk a lot about getting beyond that ego identity which you mentioned the ego a couple of times and they point out that part of the dragons you carry with you with your bag of grievances and complaints about your life and that until you get to the point where you can forgive and let those grievances go those dragons are never going to leave is that a connection between your dragons and the grievances Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Whatever it is we resist, what we resist is part of those, we could say dragons, or I don't necessarily call it dragons. I was just using that analogy for the... for the. I love I love dragons. I got dragons yeah. in my office here, so I'm, I'm, I'm a dragon guy. <laughs> I'm just writing about the phoenix and rising from the ashes right now for my second book. But... Um, From the Course in Miracles, it's it's there's a there's a state of eternal love that they always that that this book always refers back to the state of God, the state of this eternal love that doesn't have any separation. Now you know in in terms of what we're saying about that, I can relate to what I'm talking about with Earth and Sky. We we, we don't want any separation. We want the entirety of it all like when we took you out into the rocks and i i use living ceremony i don't know what i'm going to do with you when i even take you out there i'm just listening to your words and i'm listening to to the, your body language more than anything the words can say anything but the body language and the as energy and the presence of the of your body is what's telling me what it needs and so when by pulling those two polarities out, we talked about earlier in this in, in this podcast, that the opposites, the weaker one and the stronger one, it's not about facing one way and focusing only on that at, at the expense of the other. The, the real master for me, and this is what the course, coming back to the Course in Miracles, the real master is being at that center point and being able to know that there's the full gamut there. 
being at the center of the vortex and knowing that the vortex spins around each and every one of us. The universe complies to everything that we, we think. So coming back to that pure space, coming back to that zero point, coming back to the presence of existence, coming back to the God nature of self. That's how I would. Sure. I look at that as, as, as mindful, presence, observer, witness, watching the movie rather than you are the movie. And often people identify so much with the movie, they throw stuff at the screen, but <laughs> but it's just a movie. But it seems like you get upset at the movie. Um, and I just really value your time today being able to share with, with us your, your journeys. And it sounds like we can come back together in the future because you got lots of, of things to share. And before before we, we leave, I'd, I'd like to have you share with our audience some of the workshops that you do, some of the types of seminars that you do individual. I know you do retreats. I thought that was that was great. Also, how would one connect with you if they wanted to send you an email or attend a program? Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, first I'll answer the first part of the question. People usually find me through the website. I mean, I ask people, how did you find me? And they'll say, I've looked and looked and looked. I searched around and somehow the energy of your website felt comfortable or felt real or felt it resonated or, or it, I always came back to that one. So, you know, definitely people find me through my website and I'll tell you that in a minute. I, I give either one-off sessions that people would like to experience and that can be the shamanic land journeys where we go out in the land and on, on in the rocks and, and Sedona's one vortex upon the other. So anywhere we can go, we're going to be in a vortex and, and I help people sink down and, and become present and get into their body feel the magic of their body as part of mother earth so i'll do that whole living ceremony that encompasses and includes going into the deeper shadows that have been hidden to to bring it to the light of day to bring it and makes and then offer some suggestions of how to shift that in your daily life so that's something a lot of people come for that particular session i also have emotional core healing sessions and couples counseling and family counseling all to do with bringing whatever's blocked hidden resisted blame shame shame has a lot to, is a lot we have we you know as a humanity we carry a lot of shame and we carry a lot of not good enough and so really we have to excavate the soil or or weed the garden and allow the little seeds that have always been there that have furtively we want to come out come up and out can come up and out because we're weeding out the things that are strangling the, the the beauty and the potential of what the soul wants to manifest so you know i offer those sessions and how you can and all and also retreats people come like i just had a very fascinating gentleman come to see me for a retreat this last weekend and had four sessions in two days. So we go through different sessions and give a um, concentrated version of, of a retreat, of a personal retreat. Sure. 
or a couple's retreat, that sort of thing. I also give a, a um, shamanic dance workshops where I can take people through the template of how Mother Earth teaches us how to how to plant the seed of thought into her soil, into into our consciousness and give birth to that through the chakras and through dance and movement to embody that kind of prayer. Because often when we when we create or experience a prayer in the physical, it's usually in the physically in the physical, it is returned in the physical. So when we bring the prayer all the way down into the physical, through the physical is where it comes out of, where it's shown to us. So how people can come to to find me is through my website would be the best portal. Good. And, and that is earth spirit wisdom dot com. So earth as in mother earth, spirit as in holy spirit or the, the heavens, earth spirit and wisdom back into the heart and that encompasses the dualities into the oneness. Beautiful. Beautiful. And the email is simple. If you know the website, you'll just add info on top of that. So in front of that. So that's my my email is info at earthspiritwisdom.com. And I believe we're going to have a few links below. Yes. Yes, we will. Something that I can offer in terms of the um, a little short course that I made called Stronger Than Ever. As, as it's a short shamanic course teaching people how to ground their energy, how to get out of their head, into their body, into the earth, so that they can be calm, so that they can enjoy life as it presents itself, rather than racing too much into the future and getting anxious, or dragging the past into their, into their present moment, which is, which is heavy and uncomfortable, and just to be free. Would you, as a closing, maybe a minute, minute and a half, do a nice close grounding exercise that we could have our people who are not driving cars but are comfortable and <laughs> can sit down and close their eyes and, and, and just get to experience a grounding exercise? Yes, yes. Now, if I play this drum with this, does that – can you hear that enough? Or is that Sounds annoying? great. Okay, great. Okay. So let's – all begin thank you everybody for being here i really really very much appreciate it and thank you alan for having me and i ask now that we take a moment to close our eyes and just take a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth and just notice to see if you're lifting your nose up high or it's down low bring it equal up front so that your head's nice and straight with the chakra stem in through the nose and out through the mouth and when you're ready on the next exhale i'd like you to follow the exhale as if you are the exhale follow it down rolling down the body down the central corridor of your body down and if you stop somewhere because you've run out of breath take a breath from that point and go down all the way down we're going all the way down to the root chakra no matter how many stops you had to make we are going to ground floor taking one more deep breath from the top of the head 
Ah, exhale, let go. Let that conscious awareness roll down like a breath going all the way down. Down to root chakra between the anal sphincter and the genitalia. And once you're down there, I'd like you to just take a few deep breaths down there and stay down there. Just stay down there. like you to squeeze and contract that whole area down there and then exhale just release release the tissues release every atom every fiber release again take an inhale contract hold and release let go exhale all the way all the way and again, one more time, contract, release, contract, sorry, contract, hold the breath, exhale, let go, Ah, just let go, notice, notice how, and keep it open now, keep that whole portal of that root chakra open now, even more, you can even relax it even more, all the way, all the way, till you have no separation, of your root chakra in the earth. You are just open. Take a deep breath again. Inhale. And allow the breath to roll down the central corridor again, all the way down. Even if you have to stop once or twice. Roll the breath all the way down to ground floor, all the way down to the root chakra. And now down into basement down into the earth allow the breathing now to roll on through down that root chakra down into the earth and let go just let go relax surrender and each time you breathe you're going to breathe in from the top of the head and let that breath roll all the way down through the root chakra into the earth and give it over to Mother Earth. Mother Earth takes the dead leaves of the trees and she takes the dead branches and she takes the dead bodies and she takes our fecal matter and she takes whatever we no longer need and she recycles it so you can hand it over to her safely. Let go of the worry, let go of the anxiety, let go of the concerns just for now, just for now. And rest in peace. Rest in peace. Namaste. Namaste. Blessings, 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 everybody. How beautiful. Thank you very much. You are welcome. We really enjoyed having you share your experiences. And we look forward to the next time. Yes, I'd love to. And those people who have not been to Sedona, it's I would look at Sedona as a spiritual Mecca. Uh, if not the spiritual Mecca, certainly one of the spiritual Meccas on, on the planet. The hottest places on, on earth for consciousness, for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Amelia. I thank want you. to say goodbye. 
And bye-bye for now. And thank you again for being on the Mindful You podcast. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening. And please catch us on the next great episode of the Mindful You podcast. And please share us with your friends and fellow travelers on the path.